It's September 30th, 2022. And no matter where I go or who I talk to, everyone is noticing one thing. Everything is getting more expensive. From the grocery store to the supplements we take, the clothes we wear, the gas we put in our car, and beyond, inflation is at record highs in many places around the world. The reasons for this are certainly a whole other topic and maybe a whole other kind of show. So while we cannot reverse the effects of inflation in this episode, sadly, what we can do is what we do best. Empower you with information, inspiration, stories, tools, and resources to get you back in the driver's seat of your life. All right, so if we're not solving inflation today, let's focus on what we can control and get you in the driver's seat of this, the income you bring in. Of course, let me also mention this. We could also talk about budgeting and watching spending, but I feel like that's also a topic for another day. I know a lot of you are interested in creating additional income streams and setting yourself up for financial independence and financial freedom. You want to have more income to do the things you love and not stress about the day-to-day expenses. You want to set yourself up for a great retirement and maybe even leave that 9-to-5 job sooner than later so you can actually live life, travel, spend time with your kids, your family, and your friends. Today, we're talking about private lending as it relates to real estate investing. I always get feedback that you love to listen to and want to talk more about money and real estate, so that's what this episode is about. Private lending is when an entity or an individual lends their own capital to other investors, usually in return for a higher rate than a bank would receive. If you've listened to any of my previous podcast episodes about real estate with my husband, Troy, episodes 33, 35, and number 50, you may have heard us talk about working with private lenders and investors before. In fact, it's actually a big part of the reason why we've been able to scale so quickly and grow our portfolio. But today's guest expert, Martinella Nicolosi, is a private lender herself, and she helps other people learn about how to become a successful private lender, aka be the person with the money that lends it out. The truth is, most people don't even know that private lending exists, which is why I'm super pumped about this episode and this topic. It's also true that most people love the idea of real estate, but aren't always keen for or have the capacity for the actual work involved, including screening tenants, fixing toilets, negotiating insurance, refinancing, and oh so much more. Even if you do know about private lending and you know that it's a more passive way to invest in real estate, it can be scary and risky if not done correctly. Starting with private lending can be overwhelming, and if you don't know enough about real estate yourself, it begs the question, how do you lend your money to someone else without really knowing about it yourself? Now, because we're talking about money, investments, and real estate, this feels like a good time to share this disclaimer with you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action for more information. What you hear today is not financial advice. We are not licensed financial advisors, lawyers, mortgage brokers, or real estate professionals. This is not a substitute in any way for professional, legal, real estate, or financial advice. And in a platform like this where we speak to many individuals, each of you with your own journey and circumstances, it's important to get personalized advice. I encourage you to build a trusted team of professionals and consult with them to support you in your personal situation with your individual goals. All right, now we've gotten that out of the way, the lawyers are happy, here's what you can expect from this episode. Listen in and you're going to understand what private lending is and how it can add income and revenue to your life. You're going to be inspired by Marinella's story of how private lending changed her life and how it's leading her to an early retirement. You're going to learn about the common mistakes people make when they're private lending and how to avoid them yourself. You'll hear tips for due diligence and how to be a successful private lender. You're also going to hear a 
maybe unconventional take on the idea of creating generational wealth, something I know you're probably interested in. And Marinella's views may or may not change your mind on this goal. We also talk about why networking and relationship building is so important in real estate. I mean, it's important in everything, but especially in real estate. And you're going to hear about how important mindset is, growth mindset, learner's mindset, and always investing in your growth. You know I'm a big believer in this, but at least Marinella backs me up in this and you hear it from more than just me. If you're looking to create an additional income stream, if you're interested in real estate and want to find the right strategy to help you get started and scale up, this episode is for you. By the end of this episode, you're going to feel hopeful and inspired. You're going to hear stories from those who never gave up and know that if you're open to learning, staying focused on your goals and connecting with like-minded people, know that you'll be successful. You're going to learn about private lending as a potential income stream for yourself and your family. And whether you decide to pursue it now or never, know that we believe in you. We believe and know that there's a bright future ahead for all of us. Listen in. This is how to become a smart private lender and change your life. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hello, Golden Girls. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm very excited about our guest today, Marinella Nicolosi. Marinella was recently a guest expert in the real estate networking events that my husband Troy and I host. And when I heard her speak and heard her message and saw everyone's reaction, I just knew that we also had to do a Golden Girls podcast episode to spread the word about private lending beyond just those people that are you know, already in the clutches or let's say the warm hug of the real estate world. So Marinella is originally from Italy and moved to Canada in 1996 at the age of 26. Along with being a proud mother of two, she spends her spare time doing things that she loves, like cooking, listening to music, walking in nature, interior design, and of course, real estate investments. She has an extensive background, and she's always continued to invest in her education, her personal and professional growth, which means that she had a lot of transferable skills to bring to her real estate investments. That's included her successfully renovating and selling previous primary residences at major profits and now a successful career in private lending. Marinella started focusing on real estate passive investing in 2019, which allowed her to scale up, meeting her goals, and she's allowed to meet a whole lot of more new great people um, and create beautiful new goals for a bright future. She also, she just mentioned this before we hit record, so I'm adding this in here because I think it's amazing. She's been able to triple her income in two years, which is just unbelievable and so cool. As you can imagine, Marinella has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the private lending space, which she's always willing to share and she's going to do here today. She wants to empower others to get started in private lending while teaching effective strategies and systems that allow people to create, generate greater wealth, achieve the freedom to actually enjoy life, and establish a healthy, balanced lifestyle. She's also the creator. She teaches the Smart Masterclass uh, all about private lending, and she's going to talk a little bit about that here today as well. Marinella, thank you so much for being here. We're so honored to have you. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's been, you know, a pleasure to not only present at your event, but also being here with you and sharing, you know, about private lending, which is a great powerful strategy that not many people are aware of. It's true. Not a lot of people are aware of it. And that's why I really wanted to literally, you know, bring a mic to it. No, this is probably a good moment to also say, you and I are both fighting colds. Um, so we're going to do our best here. We're going to get through here. I know I'm a little more nasally than I, than I would like to be. Um, but thank you for, for powering through the cold um, and being here. So tell, I already know, but for everyone else who's listening, what is your story and how did private lending change your life? Yeah, absolutely. So I started, uh, you know, I was always being involved. Uh, I've always been involved uh, in, uh, um, you know, real estate investing. Like you mentioned, uh, I was doing basically flips of my own primary residence. But then in 2019, uh, literally things changed uh, drastically because I joined a big a real estate uh, investment group. And that's when I discovered private lending because I myself was not aware of it. And uh, I've always been trying to, you know, increase my income somehow. And so I did various jobs and um, at some way I had like, like three jobs um, because I'm a single mom. And so um, when I saw the private lending strategy and uh, I discovered that basically you don't have to do anything, uh, you don't have to work. It's not active investing, um, and uh, and I knew what involves in active investing because I was doing flips before. So I that was my go-to strategy. I fell in love with it, and I literally, you know, um, learned about it, um, mastered it, and then you know I created my systems and um, I basically joined that group. Um, in the fall of 2019, by June of 2020, I started investing, and um, and like you said, in like now we are in 2022, and it's September, and I have basically tripled the income that I wanted. My goal was to double my income in like five years. And and I was able to triple it in two years. That is unbelievable. Yeah, and so yeah, and so that's how it changed my life. I went from like three jobs making like about fifty thousand a year, and now I have my still my full time job, which I love. I'm in education, and um, private lending is basically a side thing, which I mean I love to do, but it's honestly the side thing. It's giving me a lot more money than my full time job, so it's it's an amazing strategy that can literally change your life. Amazing. So what is private lending? For those people, you know, like you in 2019, like me really in, you know, up until 2020, um, what is private lending? Yeah. So private lending is basically um, you as an individual or as an entity, whether like, you know, uh, you act uh, in, a, in a corporation, for example, um, you lend your money and you become the bank, the banker, basically. And you lend money to other individuals who, who are usually called borrowers. And um, and you can do it through mortgages. You can do it through, you know, more loan agreements. And, you know, there's a variety of things that you can do, bridge loans. And, um, and you work with professionals. You work, uh, you know, you can do this through uh, directly with the other investors or you can do it through 
you know, um, mortgage brokers or lawyers or, you know, anyone who deals with this type of, uh, you know, investments. That's a great explanation of it. Uh, I can imagine somebody might be listening to this, uh, might have some extra money that they have and they want to invest it, um, don't really know where, where to get started. And this might sound kind of overwhelming, you know, become the bank. How do, how do I, you know, uh, how do I become the bank? So how do you structure some of this private lending for success? Because I imagine this, there's a lot, of, a lot of pieces there. What does it look like to make sure that you're successful in this? And I realize, you know, we're not going to be able to cover everything, but what are some kind of highlights here? Yeah, so I say um, you want to definitely uh, invest if you have already some kind of a knowledge. So I would say educate yourself and know what you're getting into. And that's why when you, for example, at the beginning, it's very important to find a good lawyer that can be part of your team and you can trust. And usually you want to find a lawyer that specializes in real estate and who has done maybe even... Uh, you know, in real estate investing, and um, and and maybe even contact the mortgage brokers who, who specialize in private lending. There's lots of them, and there are a lot of they offer a lot of amazing opportunities. So, and then with time, you know, as you are investing, and you know, with the solid. Uh, professionals, then you can move on and start, you know, educating yourself, understand the process, um, and you know. And where to find the money? Literally, you can private lend, you know, there are opportunities out there where you can invest even just $5,000 or $10,000. So they you don't have to have tons of money to do private lending. Um, of course, the more money you have, the more money you can make. However, you can just start small and grow. And uh, like I said, educate yourself first. Uh, make sure you know the risks you're getting into. And don't just trust. Don't just trust people. Like do your due diligence, even on mortgage brokers and lawyers and all these people, you have to still do your due diligence on who they are and if they are trustworthy and if they have good um, investments. Um, and so, like I said, education part, it's really important. Yeah, I can imagine because, you know, money, I think is one of the, I wish I, I will say this like till, till it happens. I wish money was taught growing up more and I wish and one of the things I hope to do with this podcast is to kind of break that taboo that we don't talk about money because we all need it. Um, it can be such a powerful tool to create better lives. And yet there's still so many things that we don't know about it. So um, I do believe that education is so, so, so important. So I love that. I'm really grateful that you brought that up. Um, yeah. You talk you. about due diligence. What are some of the things that might, that due diligence might include when we're looking at a private loan? Yeah, so when you're doing a private loan, if you're loaning to individuals, for example, or corporations um, without like a mortgage broker, um, you are looking to um, get to know the, the borrower. So you need to vet the borrower and there is a way of doing it. Like you can ask documentations, you know, that goes all the way from knowing the bank statements. <laughs> and uh, so basically you want to like... Um, look at um, a, a borrower from like, like you are the bank. And so you can ask exactly what, you know, what their income is, uh, what their credit history. And so those are really important questions to know because like, you know, like the bank, you want to know if this person has some kind of uh, capital already, um, you know, that can always, you know, 
cover the money that you're lending. And so, and then um, some of the other things that you need to understand really well is the exit strategies of an investment. Exit strategies basically tell you how you're getting your money back. And so, and usually you want to see in a project that there are multiple exit strategies, not just the one. Because if there is just the one exit strategy and it doesn't work, then, you know, you're going to lose your money. And so you want to make sure that the borrower is very well versed with, uh, you know, the projects that they're doing and that they have things in place that will help you recoup your money at the end, basically, or, you know, cover your money at the end and give you the money back. So and another thing that I like usually when I invest is having my monthly uh, payments because and and also I make sure that the borrower is very transparent and has a really good communication systems in place because that tells me you know if they give me updates about the project and he keeps giving me my returns on a monthly basis I can see that things are going well instead if all of a sudden the borrower is shutting down they don't even contact you anymore they're not paying the monthly payments then you know that there is something wrong there that there is you know and uh in that case it's uh, it's not a good place to be in and then you might have to go to a lawyer and it, it's a uh, very expensive so i really you know again make uh, educated decisions um there is ways to protect yourself by doing let's say um, personal guarantees and, um, you know, having collaterals uh, on the agreement. So there is several ways where you can help, you know, uh, yourself and, um, and, you know, protect yourself from any capital losses or investment losses. Yeah. That's such great advice. I want to back it up here a little bit in case people are thinking, okay, but, but what kinds of projects are you financing? And uh, I can I can speak for Troy and I because we are actually often the borrowers in this situation. Um, so it's really interesting to kind of be on the other side here. Um, but yeah, we're typically the borrowers. And some of the reasons why we love working with private lenders is because it allows us to get cash for, let's say, renovations that then we can um, use to do a, a burr or refinance and, and then pay back our investors. Or it allows us to buy properties for cash uh, and kind of, you know, avoid the you know three four or five months of banking processes so we can actually buy a property for cash get right in there um, have it be a really attractive offer be the winners in, in that competition for that property and then go on to to refinance and pay back our investors so those are some of the reasons why i know for us as borrowers why private lending is very attractive because it's more flexible um, allows us to be more competitive, allows us to use money from, you know, it's really hard to get money from a bank for a renovation. Um, or right now, actually, one of the things that we're doing is we're putting storage units into a building. And so that's something that we're able to use private funds to um, build out the storage capacity and then uh, pay back our investors. I'm curious, you know, for for you, like what kinds of projects have you financed or what yeah. is there a type of um, loan that you like to finance and be a part of? Yeah, so personally, I do invest a lot in uh, bridge loans. What, okay, for right? those who don't know, what very is that? Short. So bridge financing is usually like, you know, for people who need to, um, you know, there is a very short period of time where they need to refinance with the bank, right? And But they are not quite ready yet in order to finish a project or, you know, or 
do things like you just um, basically uh, projects like you just mentioned, right? And but they need very a very short period of time, and so which is usually two to three months. Sometimes it's just weeks, like four weeks or three weeks, right? And so that's called bridge financing. You go to the private lender, uh, you get your money at very high interest rate, and then you're done. And then you go and refinance and uh, with uh, like an A lender, which is usually a bank or a credit union. And uh, yeah, that's how it works. And um, yeah, and so those are bridge loans. And then I invest, uh, I fund projects like uh, renovations, or like a flips or burrs. And, um, and I, myself, honestly, I have a pretty high, you know, risk tolerance. So most of my investments are like promissory notes. I shouldn't say that, but it's, that's what it is. Um, and, um, but most people like to do mortgages. Okay. Um, so I honestly say start with mortgages because with a mortgage, you are covered like you are basically investing in a, in a project where the how the project itself or whether it's a building or um, like a you know uh, or or a single family home or whatever it is um, it basically covers you like you can become owner if something goes wrong uh, that's your collateral right there right that's that's you know you're covered so it's a it's basically a secure um, investment. Uh, with the promissory notes, you got to be really careful. You really have to know how to protect yourself. And that's when, you know, you have to really be careful. So I don't promote promissory notes unless you are very experienced. Um, I usually say that's why I like to tell people if you are just inexperienced, start with uh, going to mortgage brokers who specialize in private lending because they will do all the due diligence for you. And um, of course, you need to know what you're getting into as well. However, they um they, they usually do mortgages right so that's a lot more protected so yeah it's uh i have a little bit of a variety but they're mostly like insecure uh unsecured sorry uh investments where you um you know you have to know what uh, you know you're getting into. Yeah, interesting, interesting. We we have only we or we generally operate in promissory notes as well. So, but yes, unsecured, very interesting. So, what types of rates and terms are you seeing for private lenders these days? And obviously, it differs between secured and unsecured. But can you give us a bit of a sense of the range for, especially for people who are completely first time ever hearing about this? Yeah, so usually uh, for mortgages, uh, depending on uh, which position you are on the mortgage, so whether you are first or second or third, um, so if you're on a first position, that's the best um, because you are on uh, the first person is going to be paid back basically, and you are on title usually on the on the property unless it's a syndicated mortgage. Um, and there, you know, you if you are on first position, you um, you can get between six, eight, ten percent sometimes, and um, sometimes you actually get also lender fees, which are paid up front, which are great. And uh, when it comes to a second position mortgage, you go a little bit higher because now you are on a second position, which means you're going to be the second person who's going to be paid um, after you know the refinance or. And uh, so there is a little bit of a higher risk there. So you're looking at, uh, again, 10 to 12 percent 
um, type of returns. And then as you go into a third position mortgage, then it gets an even higher risk. And there you're looking more between 12 and 14%. When it comes to promissory notes, you're looking at 15% higher. Uh, you can go all the way up to 20 sometimes. And um, like I said, bridge loans, again, you're looking at even higher returns because those ones are... So you're looking, yeah, when it comes to promissory notes, it's a, it's a, you are not basically protected. So uh, although there is ways to protect yourself with a promissory note, um, however, it's not the same protection as you have, that you have with a mortgage, right? So uh, even a third position mortgage, which I have much higher risk, it's way better than a promissory note. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's why you have to be really careful when you invest with private lending. Because you need to know um, how to protect yourself, and mortgages are usually more reliable because of the protection of um, you know of the asset itself. Although you always want to know what the equity in that asset asset, uh, because um, it, it depends you know um, on how much equity is there. That um, then then you know you know if you're gonna be paid off or not if the if the project does not go well. That's great. That gives some that gives some context and some ideas. Thank you for sharing that. So you're a believer in private lending. You've seen what it can do for people's lives firsthand because you have an extensive network and you teach this and it's changed your life. But for somebody else listening, you know, what what have you seen? How does private lending, how can it change people's lives? Yeah, okay. So what I've seen that is that most people don't know about private lending. And uh, like me, you know, when I first started, I had no idea that I could, you know, lend my money. And there were ways to find the money too, right? Because sometimes people don't realize that they, you know, if they own a house, they have equity in the house. And you can literally, that house becomes your gold mine, basically. <laughs> so it's, um, and, and there are, you know, ways of doing it, whether through a HELOC or a refinance where you can get you know, cash out and basically, um, but like, you know, you don't want to use that money to go and buy a car because that's a, you know, negative debt. Like, uh, you want to use it to invest. So if you generate an income with that refinance, uh, you know, with that cash or with the HELOC, then, you know, you can, you know, create good debt, like, because, you know, when you are investing, the government allows you to also use, you know, whatever interest rates you have to pay on your HELOC um, to, you know, use it against your um, your income and uh, so in your taxes. So it's a tax deductible, basically. And so, you know, people need to understand the strategy in order to help themselves. And so that's why I say they need to educate, but it can literally, you know, um, if you can discover that there are so many different ways to help yourself, like I discovered, like I owned only just one house and I still do. And, um, and when I started, it was like, we were in the middle of COVID and, um, and I didn't went and, you know, I did the refinance. And so I secured a HELOC against my house, and that's when I started. And I had a little bit of cash as well. Of course, if you're using cash, you don't have to pay any interest rates. Um, but HELOCs are a great way to start. And so, but again, you know, use it to primarily for investing so that you can um, then, um, 
take, you know, whatever money interest rates are you, you know, you have to pay, you can, um, you know, it becomes tax deductible because if you start mixing things around, then, you know, it becomes very complicated. And then at that point, you know, you can't use it as a tax deduction. So uh, you want to leave things very clear and, uh, and an accountant can tell you a lot of, about that. Um, so what I see with people is that they don't know what the options are. They have no idea that they might have, you know, um, they can use their home to do private lending, right, to access their equity. And so, and also what I've seen is that with private lending and there's people, okay, they discover private lending and then they invest without even knowing what they're getting into. So that's those are things you want to avoid because, and that's why I say, again, educate yourself because you can get in trouble <laughs> with that. You can literally lose your money. And so, again, just be careful what you're getting into, knowing the risks and um, do it with the trusted uh, professionals or, you know, um, if you can do it with other individual, individuals or companies. However, again, there you have to be really well-versed on knowing how to do the due diligence. And um, so, yeah, those are the things that I think are very important. I love it. Uh, I, you kind of even started answering my next question, which was what mistakes do you see people making and and you know how do you avoid those mistakes so yeah i heard you say you know not doing due diligence i heard you say not really understanding the investment i heard you say not working with professionals what other mistakes do you see people making when they're getting into private lending yeah so what i see is that the people take private lending very lightly and um again they just um trust people they lend to people just with you know based them basing themselves on trust that's something that you can do later on trust it's a very important element of private lending however it's not the first element because you need to know the borrower you need to do your due diligence on the project um, you know, the market in which this project is so that it has to be backed up by you know market you know, analysis and down all the way to the street and the neighborhood that this project is and so you want to know very well you know what the, the exit strategy are again right because that will tell you how you get paid um and so most people don't do this kind of due diligence they just go in and they you know trust people and they give their money and you cannot do that because you risk really highly to lose your money. And so that's one thing. And then the other thing is they try to save money on legal fees. And um, so find a good lawyer who can help you do private lending. If you don't want to educate yourself, like you don't want to find a good mortgage broker who can help you do that. Um, so those are the things that people want to save money, basically. But the more you save the money, the more you're going to spend it later. So a good lawyer who's very well versed on private lending, who's done, you know, who's a you know a real estate lawyer, um, they can help you so much. Even if they cost you five hundred dollars, let's say an hour, um, that is very well money, very well spent because they can save you like the a lot of money after if you have to go after your money uh, on legal fees and uh, going to court and all of that. That 
might cost thousands of dollars. So, you know, saving on uh, little fees up front, it's not the best way to do it. Um, so you want to protect yourself and there are ways of doing it through lawyers and mortgage brokers and accountants that can give you, um, you know, very good advice as well. So, you know, um, and then again, if you bypass education, um, that's not a good way of, uh, you know, edu- you know, helping yourself. Um, really mm, understand that uh, educating yourself in anything that you do, honestly, um, it's it's a, the base of becoming successful and, uh, and basically making informed decisions because that's what it comes down to is making informed decisions, knowing the risks that you're getting into and, um, and find the right team of professionals that can help you be successful. Great advice. Okay, I'm going to build on what we talked about before. And then I've, I've got another question for you. Cause I, you know, you, I asked you about what have you seen real uh, passive lending, private lending do for people. And one of the things Troy and I are literally just about to record this podcast episode. So it's probably going to come out like two after this one. Um, but like, I think there's a real misconception around real estate investing. People think it's really passive. And when you're actually owning properties, it's not that passive. You might be screening tenants or plunging toilets. And even if you have property managers in place, it's you're negotiating insurance rates, you're, figuring, you're refinancing with the bank, you're dealing with property taxes, you're managing the managers. It's not super passive. And so one of the things I just kind of want to build on is that what, I, what I've heard from you and other people that are private lenders is that you actually get to live your life. And that's what private lending does, is that instead of fielding the phone calls from property managers or, t- or screening tenants, instead of um, dealing with banks and refinancing, you actually do get your life back, that you get that you get time and you get to enjoy life now, not down the road. Is that something you would agree with and confirm? Is there, and if there's anything you want to add to that, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why the private lending strategy was very attractive to me because it you literally the work it's mostly at the beginning to establish your network. Like I've established my network, I have my borrowers and who I trust now after doing all that due diligence and I've been keep growing and and you know because I reinvest over and over again with the same people basically uh, because I already know them they're successful they're very solid um, borrowers and so that that really makes a huge difference in in growing your income. Um, and so <clears throat> if you spend your time at the beginning to establish your solid network and um, and learning how to do the due diligence, which you're going to do at, you know, at the very beginning, uh, of course, as they bring you new projects, you also want to look at the project. Of course, you, you don't just say, hey, yeah, here's my money. Forget about it. I don't want to know anything. No, absolutely not. However, you already have done your due diligence on the borrower. And um, and if you trust them, now that's where the trust comes in, right? At the beginning, you want to know these people, you establish relationships, you get to know them really well in and out, you get to know their professionalism, how, you know, what's their project their management type of um you know, systems. So, um, you know, they're, what type of projects uh, they specialize in. So those are all things that you need to do at the beginning. Once you know that and you have established now that trust, that's, again, where trust comes in afterwards, not at the beginning. 
um, then they're part of your uh, group of your um, you know network, and now you can basically start investing on those um, new investments that they have, and and keep have your money rolling basically on a on a regular basis, and so. You know, so those are so creating the network. It's a it's a really really important, and uh, and that will give you basically. Um, you know, you don't really have to do anything after that. Um, literally, you know, as a private lender, you want to develop your own um, agreement. Um, so again, that's where the lawyer comes in. If you want to do this professionally, a good real estate lawyer can create a really good you know, agreement for you. Uh, or if you want to go into mortgages, again, the lawyers can help you set it up really well for you. And um, and this way you can protect yourself, right? So very important to have that team of, uh, of experts around you. And, and honestly, it's just for you, it's just the time to sign those documents. That's it. And then your money just keep rolling in. You get your monthly cash flow, or sometimes they pay you up front or, uh, or a balloon payment at the end. So depending on the structure of the deal. And, um, and then, again, um, the other work that I think you need to do really careful, which is, takes very little time, it's uh, making sure that you keep track of all these payments. And, um, you know, so that you know exactly which income you're getting so that when it comes to your own uh, personal or taxes, you can give it to your accountant and they can, you know, file your taxes. So be, you know, very organized and uh, keep track of all these pains because this is income which you need to declare um, on your, on your, you know, when you do your own taxes. Oh, so good. You, you added a lot of golden nuggets in there too for anybody like just more tips around due diligence and that which I, which I appreciate and I think what was really interesting is Troy and I always joke around you know it's so much work getting ready you know to buy a property you put in the offers you're sorting out the financing um, doing the perhaps inspections and negotiating and all that stuff and uh, lawyer documents and everything and then once you have the property the work kind of starts but with private lending it's you actually once the money, once you've done your due diligence up front and the money is out and is loaned to the borrowers, you actually do get to sit back, which is which is really unique, I think, in real estate investing in the world, which I think is is really a, a benefit to to private lending over perhaps ownership. At least that's what it, that's what I'm that's what I'm picking up here listening to this. Um, okay. <coughs> yes, absolutely. Excuse me. Look at that. We're we're getting through this without too much hacking, hey, Marinella. Um, okay, so I I want to ask like a bit of like a not a devil's advocate question, but kind of understand where the fine line here is because I do think that private lending, in a way, one of the benefits of private lending is that you don't have to do all of the work that you would in terms of real estate ownership. And you don't necessarily have to go down like the deep rabbit holes of of active investing. But I've also heard you say, you know, it's still important to know the market, um, have a sense for the exit strategy, have a sense for the streets and, and all these things. So there is actually quite a bit of stuff that you do need to know. And I'm wondering, like, how do you kind of walk that line? Where's that fine balance between I know so much about this. I may as well just go ahead and do it myself. You know, I've got, I've already got, I know the team. I know I trust the contractors. I trust the renovations, blah, 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 blah. Versus um, I know enough that I feel secure in private lending. And, and that's 
I'm ready to be hands off. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, where's that fine line between knowing enough to feel secure in private lending, but not having to, to know everything so that you may as well just do it all yourself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so basically, I think that's where the, you know, when you are a private lender, you want to know uh, how to uh, do market analysis, you want to know how to vet the project. So, and that's where also, again, you need to educate yourself, you need to know, like, like, if you're doing the project yourself, basically. Um, and so the work, it's at the very beginning. As a private lender, you can be successful um, because if you don't know how to vet the project, which it means you needed to, you needed to educate yourself before. And so you need to know how, let's say, if you're investing in flips, you need to know how flips work. You need to know how birds work. Um, if you're investing in multifamily, you need to know how to, you know, to vet the multifamily deal. And so you need to know, um, you know, what's important. Right. And in what in, in, in kinds of uh, things you need to see on a multifamily deal. So and the, and of course, it's huge. Right. It's huge. And that's when you need to start understanding, OK, creating systems basically within your strategy. And so, OK, so what kinds of things I want to invest in? I want to invest in, say, flips. And in that case, uh, you're going to go and learn about flips and, and how to do due diligence on flips. And so, and then later on you say, okay, now that I've learned about everything about flips and I know how to do my due diligence, I can now expand more and maybe I want to learn about birds, which are very similar to kind of flips, except that you are refinancing and uh, renting them. And so, and then, so what is that I need to see on a bird in order to, you know, protect myself on, you know, to, for the project to be successful? And again, there, you know, you can start learning about that and then you can start investing on it uh, because you know, you know, how birds are, you know, uh, what makes them successful. And so you can vet them at that point. And so, of course, you don't have to do everything all at once, right? You can take it step by step. And so you can start small and slowly, slowly educating yourself on all these different strategies because there's tons of them, right? However, you know, you can decide on your lending criteria, first of all, which, you know, uh, which is based on your risk tolerance, um, which type of, um, you know, investments you want to do, whether secured or unsecured. And then you can also decide, you know, um, which projects you want to invest in, which type of investment strategies you want to invest in, right? And so these are all details that you need to establish at the very beginning of your private lending career, because, and that's where, again, the education comes in and the build of um, and, and the professionals around you, um, where you establish your lending criteria, which has all these details within it, and that's where you decide exactly what is that you're going to focus on. And, and then you can, you know, and as you go on, on your investing, you can build up on your knowledge and you can take courses of any kind. You know, I take, that's why, you know, like uh, you were saying at the beginning, I invest heavily in my education uh, because I believe that the more you know, the better, the more protected you are. And uh, and that's why usually people people who have fear of investing or losing your money is because they're not educated, because they're going into the unknown, 
And so if you educate yourself and you it eliminates your fears, all of them. And of course, you know, there is that uh, sort of anxiety of giving your money out. And again, that you can help yourself by educating yourself again and uh, hiring a lawyer who can eliminate those um, anxieties, uh, you know, that you might have uh, or even hiring a business coach or uh, somebody who can help you, you know, with your mindset and uh, building on your resilience and uh, problem solving and all of that. You know, those are all great things that you can do for yourself, which I do on a regular basis. And that's why I'm saying building on building up on your personal and professional skills. It's also equally important to your own education in real estate and um, and, and, and having that strong team, you know, um, as a base, because those ones also those professionals will give you that uh, that security, which, uh, you know, and eliminate that anxiety or that fear that you may have if you are on your own, right? So those are all really important aspects. I love that. I love what you said there about the more you know, the less afraid you're going to be. And it's so true because um, I always think that fear has a purpose. Sometimes that purpose is to stop us from, you know, jumping off something that is too high and doesn't make sense or t- doing an investment that is that is not for us. Um, but sometimes that fear is just to guide us to learn more or to expand or to, but I, I do think that knowledge can empower us when it's used well. So I love that you said that, that we're afraid when we don't know things, but once we get more information, once we know, then we feel more confident and can, and can make these decisions, even if they are, I, I don't, I don't know for myself, I still feel a little nervous almost pretty much every time we buy a building, I'm still a little bit scared, um, but it definitely gets easier every single time. And the more we learn and the more we feel and the more we understand about, you know, different exit strategies or the market and uh, get different ideas on how we can stabilize a building and, and create create a profit, the more we learn, the more confident we get. So that fear definitely gets smaller. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. And I would like to add uh, something else. Like, you don't have to know all of it all at once, right? You Like, it's, like I said, again, it's step by step. Because even, you know, even though I've learned a lot, there is a lot, lot more to learn. I'm still learning about private, private lending is huge. It's a very vast, you know, type of strategy where, you know, there's so much to learn. And so don't think that, you know, even if you learn some of it, even if you know already and you, you're good at doing it, don't think that you're always, you know, the the expert there. I don't, honestly, even if I know a lot, I don't think I am the expert here because there's so much to know. And so just um, always, you know, that team of experts in front, you know, around you will build upon your knowledge and always stay with that open mind of learning of learning more and more because there's so much to learn in private lending. I can hear that you have such a learner's mindset and I think that's just, it's just so important to have. Um, And I appreciate the shameless plug there for coaching. I agree. I think that coaching makes such a difference. Like we don't even know where our limitations are. Um, It's important to have a team of experts and people there that support us. So thank you, Myrnell. Thank you for the shameless plug on coaching and for mindset. Um, So let's, let's talk about mindset for a minute here. How has your mindset and your determination affected your ability to invest? Because I get the sense here that it's not just about learning the strategies and it's not just about ticking all the boxes and having the right legal contracts, but I get the sense here that mindset and determination has really helped you here. What would you say to that? Absolutely. That was actually, I would say that um, 
my determination and my focus and knowing what I wanted was it played a huge role in becoming successful. Um, so to those people who want to start private lending, uh, I say, understand if this is really the strategy that you want to do and um, set your goals, understanding your vision, understanding your goals and knowing exactly what is that you are going after. If you know what you want, if you know um, and you stay focused, if you have a vision um, and you are determined, you can achieve success really, really fast because you are basically building your goals or your vision and then you create you know, your path. And, um, and as you're achieving the smaller goals, slowly, slowly, like step by step, you're working towards something. And, and the other thing I want to say is do not get distracted by the shiny objects because there are so many out there. So at the beginning, when you establish your lending criterias, your, um, you know, loan parameters and project guidelines and all of that, and you know what, you know, your risk tolerance, you know, then you can build your vision. You can build, um, you know, your goals based on that. And, you know, literally staying focused on that and determined to achieve your goals uh, in a timely manner, that will, you know, literally, you know, help you so much. Um, and that's what really made a difference in, a, in my success. Um, I talk to so many people and they say, wow, Marinella, you accomplished this, like I said, uh, in two years. And um, and I was just telling Lisa, like at the beginning of, uh, you know, when we were chatting before this, that on paper, I actually thought it was three years. And then, you know, as I was thinking about it to the next morning, I was like, wait a minute, I started in 2020 and now we are in 2022. So I actually did this in two years, not three years. So there I was, you know, presenting, uh, you know, to people telling them that I did it in three years. And then the next morning I was like, wait, wait, so, okay, let me do the math here. And I actually achieved this in two years. And I was even blown away even more about, you know, what I accomplished. And so if you are determined and you stay focused, you know what you want because you need to know what you want. If you don't know what you want, you cannot uh, establish your goals. You don't have a vision. So first, know exactly what you want. If a private lending is what you want, go dive into it and learn and, um, you know, create your systems, build your team um and and go out there and do whatever you need to do to build your life and enjoy it at the same time like right now ah so good i feel like i'm gonna have to pay you later for saying all the things because <laughs> i mean i mean this is the golden girls podcast i'm a coach on goals and this is ex like i i i love that you just gave the proof of what I say, because I always tell people, like, pick one thing. Just It doesn't have to be forever, but pick one thing to focus on because it makes such a big difference. And you don't have to know all the steps. You just have to know, like, the next one. You just have to know the the first step, and then the, and then the rest of it will show. Um, and uh, so I just really appreciate that you said that because it feels like it validates every other episode of this podcast <laughs> and my planner and my work. So so thank you. Yes, focus is, is so, so important. And um, 
and mindset really, I, I believe, makes it makes a big difference in there too. Um, I, I think one of the things that really stands out to me about you, Marinella, is your learner's mindset. You're beginning. You're always willing to learn. You're always wanting to continue to invest yourself, and I'm sure that's a big part of the reason why you've been able to take a, a pretty lofty goal. If somebody came in to me and said, "I want to triple my income in two years," I'd be like, "All right, let's get to work. We better, we better go." Uh, but you did it, and I'm and I have no doubt that determination and mindset have played a huge role in that, as well as having a clear vision and a clear goal. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This is why I like this is why I stand on the soapbox of goals. I think they're so powerful. <coughs> Excuse me. And if you know how to do them well, it just changes your life. It really, really does because you're all your momentum's going in the right direction. Uh, yes, um, I I just want to add something about the mindset there is having the right mindset like you if you are somebody who is open-minded and is always willing to learn and um and and look for people who are uh, i would say more knowledgeable than you like 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 talk to people who are more knowledgeable than you you will get so much more um and you know if you surround yourself with people who have a higher knowledge than you have that's when you grow because now you are the smallest basically in the group, like the one who has the less knowledge. And as soon and so this mindset of feeling confident um, and knowing that you can learn um, and that you don't have to know it all, it's so important. And uh, and knowing that you know that you can discover so much more, it's um it's very important. So having like again that mindset, the right mindset. So it's a mindset mindset shift that you need to do and stay open, open minded. Okay, I was gonna ask you uh, why you continue to invest in yourself, but I feel like you answered that question. So let me shift that. You talked about being in the right room and having the right people around you. So how important do you think relationship building is in real estate investing? Oh, that's huge. Like I invest in the time to build relationships. And um, when I first started, um, I was spending at least five to six hours a day in connecting with people of all kinds. And um, so, and I still do connect not as much because I have so much going on. However, I was very focused on learning and I built up a huge network of people around me and I've learned so much because they all gave me knowledge just by talking to them. And not only that, I made so many good relationships and I built up amazing friendships just by talking and, and not only that, but they then introduced me to more people and so it keeps growing because now you have uh, surrounded yourself with all these people who have a very similar mindset, who have very similar goals, and um, who have a wealth of knowledge. And, uh, and so you keep learning. And so the more you invest in your friendships, in your relationships, in your you know connections, the more you build your knowledge the more you build your opportunities of investing, the more you build your team and your network, um, and the more you're going to get to know other people because they will, will introduce you to other people. So uh, invest, I, you know, I say invest in others 
um, that's so important. Investing in others, in and and recognizing that that you know they can give you so much. Not only that, but also add value to their lives because the relationships isn't just the one way. Um, they will give you a lot, but you also have to have the mindset that you know that you have to give. So have that uh, growth mindset type of uh, you know. Um, mentality where you also give like you have to be generous at the same time you don't want to just take from people you want to give and so the more you give to them the more they'll give you and so it's a it's a two ways and um and so add value to their lives add value be there for them when they need you right it isn't just about money it's about adding value to somebody be there if they feel down or if they are going through a tough time be there for them even just saying one word i you know care about you or is there anything i can do for you um they know that you're there for them even if they will not come back to you and say hey you know um i don't need your help that's totally fine but thank you for being there for me i really appreciate it that's you know if people feel that you're close to them that you're authentic and real um that's how you build those relationships um because it's not based on money relationships are not based on money they're based on their authenticity of who you are and accepting you and you accepting others for who they are and so and that's when you can and of course you know we don't have to be friends with everybody or you know <clears throat> we have to align with those people right so it's you will surround yourself with people who you align with who have those similar goals, who have those similar values that you believe in. Because if you do, don't, do not, then it becomes very unpleasant. So, um, and that's why you are looking, you know, to get to know people, because as soon as you find those people who align with you, that's when you want to build those relationships more and more and be there for them and um, have that exchange between one another. Mm-hmm. So good. And I have to say, um, from knowing you, you really walk the talk on this or talk the talk. I never know how to say that. But I, you know, when you when you shared with our community the other night in our event, as so many people came to support you and just like really um they were drawn to your authenticity and they like the you I can just see that you really do take that seriously. And um, you also offer to hop on the call, on the phone with people and help people and and really go above and beyond to add value to other people's lives. So you're not I know you're not just saying this because it sounds good to say and it's kind of a hot thing to say right now, but it's because you really believe it and you live it. So so thank you for for being that person and thank you for for going first and leading with a great heart and with your authenticity is beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, I have a controversial question to ask you. We have a Facebook group, Troy and I. It's called uh, Intentional Real Estate Investing with Lisa and Troy. And one of the questions we ask people when they come in is, what's your why of real estate? Why do you want to invest? And I'm going to tell you a lot of the answers, like almost most of them I would say, are people want to create generational wealth. You, (laughs) Marinella, you're the opposite. You do not want to build generational wealth. Why not? I would love to hear your perspective and your take on this. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong in building generational wealth. It's just not my life philosophy, basically. And the reason why I 
sort of do not believe in generational wealth is because of my own life experiences that I went through. And um, I believe that, you know, you can definitely live, you know, some money or, you know, estate, whatever you have to your future generations, um, you know, to your family. However, I feel it's not my main focus. I am living my life for myself. I want to enjoy my life now. I don't want to work and feel that I'm going to be retiring, let's say, at uh, 65, and that's when I'm going to enjoy my life. That's not how it works. Unfortunately, you know, my parents worked really hard all their life, and then it came when they were supposed to retire, they got sick, and then they died from about a year and a half from each other. And seeing that, and not only that, but I've seen friends around me who literally dropped dead in matters of hours. And that really changed my life and um, my perspective, perspective in life, of life, because we don't know where we're going to die. So if you're thinking that, okay, I'm going to build this and I'm going to enjoy my life when I retire and then my kids are going to enjoy it too. Well, first of all, you don't really know if your kids want that, right? Especially if your kids are young. um, Do you know if they actually really want to do real estate? You have no idea. Um, Because honestly, like my kids are like my daughter is 21, my son is 16. They have no interest in what I'm doing. They're seeing what I'm doing. And when I grew up, both my parents were business owners. They were into real estate. I didn't want to know anything about it until I turned like in my 40s when I was like, okay, this was actually my parents were really smart at doing this. And um, so, you know, it, it, to me, it's about, um, Again, knowing what you want, but also acknowledging the fact that you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing it for others. If others would benefit with whatever you're doing, that's great. Because my my kids will benefit from my own wealth. Absolutely. I will leave them so much more, so much money, because I can't take it with me. (laughs) I can't take all this wealth with me. I'm going to, however, my main goal, it isn't the money. My main goal is that when that I live my life fully, that I enjoy, that I spend my money, I make money, I'm going to spend it too on myself right now, because I want to enjoy my life right now. Not only that, but I want to, the other reason why I'm so attracted by private lending is because it gives me the opportunity to also give back to the community. Because when I am going to die and I'm going to be buried, I want people to remember me, not for my money, but for whatever I contributed into their life, for whatever I, you know, what kind of impact I have, you know, created in their lives. Um, I want to be remembered. I don't know for my money. I want to be remembered for being able to make a contribution, uh, for being able to change their lives. And so that's my main goal here and to be able to enjoy life right now. And um, so my focus is I'm a little bit of a, I would say, a good selfish and I learned to do that because I went through, I did not have an easy life when it comes to my mental health. And so 
and I'm not, I don't feel, you know, shame on saying that because, you know, um, it's important to acknowledge that aspect that we are all human beings and, um, you know, we can say openly that uh, we are going through struggles because we all do. And so it's so important to realize that we are on hurt, not because of the money. The money, it's like, you know, it's something that can help us to achieve, you know, a good life and, um, <clears throat> you know, enjoy it at the same time. But the main focus of life is being able to give to others, at least as, as, as far as I'm concerned, um, to give to my family, to give um, and not like, you know, to give love, to give compassion, to be generous in many different ways, not just with money. Um, to be there to help others lift other people up, um, you know. So that's my main focus, and that's why I do not really believe in generational wealth because it's like the focus has to be on you and not on others. You're not doing it for others; you're doing it for yourself. And as a byproduct, basically, you are helping others. You're leaving something at the end of it to others, but at the same time, you have enjoyed it. You have enjoyed your life on earth until, you know, you die and then you live whatever you have left and they can enjoy it too. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. I love hearing your perspective. And I think, uh, I think so much of life, like we try and think it's these absolutes, either black or white or, or right or wrong or left or right or whatever that is. And there's just so much nuance in there, right? And, and one, of the, one of the really big questions I think we all have to ask ourselves is, when it comes to finances is how much of it do I want to spend now? How much of it is enough? How much do I want to continue to reinvest so I can have more? And how much of it am I going to enjoy? And how much of creating more wealth is actually going to take away from my joy? And so these are really, really, really important questions that I think we all need to ask and explore for ourselves and answer for ourselves, not other people, not what society tells us to do, uh, not what our parents think or our children think or our neighbors are doing, but what do we want to do? And then continue to reassess that every every couple of years and check in. Is this still working for me? Do I still have that right balance there? Because um, I, I think that's so, so beautiful. So thank you for sharing openly your answer to that question. Because I think I, I always wonder whenever I see anything, honestly, I'm pretty skeptical. When I ever see anything that's like popular or whenever I ask that question, for example, and it's always the same answer, I always think, is it that person's answer or have they heard this somewhere else? And, and no shade here. We've all done this. I've, I've do, we do it subconsciously. We kind of borrow other people's goals without realizing it. Um, but I just wonder how many people have really had a chance to soak on that and ask themselves, do I really want to, to do this? You know, is my, what do I want my legacy to be? Um, and yes, yeah, so I just, I really appreciate hearing the different perspective there. And I'm curious, uh, and of course, with anything that we ever share on the show, you know, I, I'm sure Marinella feels the same way. Like if something sparked you on that conversation or anything else, reach out to us, let us know, you know, um, shoot us an email. All the, all the links will be in the show notes because um, I'd love to hear other people's perspective on that too. Because I think it's, I think it's a great conversation to have. I don't think we're having it enough. So thank you for sharing, Marinella. Okay. I want to flip the table here. Uh, as I mentioned, we're borrowers. We work with private lenders a lot. Um, very selfish question, but I think there's probably some other borrowers on the call here or on the um, podcast as well. What advice do you have for borrowers in this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so what I want to see on a you know from a borrower is usually um, their professionalism. 
and how they approach the private lender. Because it's so important, again, create those relationships. However, I like to see people who take responsibility for other people's money. If you want to use my money, I want to see that you feel responsible um, about you know, using that money. And so to me, it's so important to see that, um, you know, a, a borrower who is going to take care of my money and it's going to use it uh, in an efficient and, um, you know, and it's going to give me, you know, like the right reason to invest with them. Um, and so that's what I want to see in a, in a borrower. And, um, and so usually what it comes down to is how much are you willing to give me and uh, what type of responsibilities are you going to take? And, um, and, and, and then, uh, you know, I will be willing to give you also a lot more if you um, give me as well that. So, it, it, you know, so building that trust. And so I want to see, again, authenticity. I want to see um, transparency. Um, I want to see people up front. Uh, um, co good communication, uh, fundamental when it comes especially to project management. Tell me exactly what's going on. Because if something goes wrong, which l honestly, there is always something that goes wrong in a project. There, there is no seamless type of projects out there. There is always something. And so if I know that you are being upfront with me and if I know that you tell me what's going on and you are clear in your communication and, you, you, you know, I'm happy to help you. I'm there for you as a private lender. I'm happy to work with you and maybe even brainstorm a problem solve, whatever it needs to be um, solved. How don't don't shut me out. Like, um, I don't like that type of attitude. Like you're not there alone. Yes, you are the borrower and you are taking charge of the project. However, if problems arise as a private lender, I want to be involved because I don't have to be involved if, you know, if things are going well and all is smooth. Of course, depending on the degree of the problem, absolutely. So if you are a borrower who has great experience and can problem solve and you just communicate with me and you say, hey, you are going through this. This is how we're going to solve it. Then I don't need to be worried. Right. But at least I know that you have taken measures. You know how to solve the problem. However, if you feel stuck where you are like, OK, I don't know how to solve this problem. I'm going to involve my private lender because they are also people who know about, you know, real estate investing. And um, and that's why I want to say to borrowers, work with private lenders who know what they're doing. Uh, don't work with private lenders who have no idea what they're getting into because they're not going to be there for you. Because private lenders who don't have the education, they don't know what they're getting into and don't know the risk involved, they will give you a lot of problems. They will not be there for you because they don't understand how it works. They just know that if you're not paying them back, they can take you to court. That's all they know, basically. But they don't understand that there is ways to work with the borrower so they together can solve the problem. So as a borrower, educate yourself also on which type of private lenders you want to work with. Don't just take money for, from everybody because it's about also, again, working with professionals, working with lenders who know you know they've spent time in educating themselves and so you, you you work with professionals okay great advice thank you marinella i definitely am going to have to uh 
take all that to heart. As a borrower, you know, we want to do a good job. We do take a lot of responsibility. Um, and so it's really great to hear from the other side so some of the things that, that you that are important to you and things for us to consider too. So thank you so much for sharing that. Before we hop off, I want you to tell us a little bit about your smart uh, private lending masterclass that you have coming up here. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, who's it for and what can people expect to get out of it? Yeah, so the reason why I created this course, this private lending course, is again to help people educate themselves and understand their private lending strategy, both from the private lender and the borrower perspective. And so it, it, the course is for both borrowers and private lenders, as I said. And so it will give you a really good understanding of the private lending strategy. However, I've taken it to a sort of a higher level because it will not only give you the prevalent knowledge but i've uh, because i specialize in mental health and and also uh, behavior because i'm in education i've created i've been you know added uh, modules on um, growth mindset and uh, how to build uh, personal and professional skills because i find that without the aspect you cannot be successful and so to me it's very important to add the knowledge and let people understand how to use the growth mindset uh, how to develop their uh, personal and professional skills and uh, to build upon those um, type of skills, and uh, and you know, uh, and then um, the other aspect that uh, you know um, that I think is so important is knowing how to promote yourself, how to put yourself out there, how to build your reputation, and of course it's based on who you are. And like my again, be authentic. Don't just you know be somebody who you're not, and um, so be yourself. And so, but you need to know how to do it. How you how do you put yourself out there, right? Uh, both as a borrower as in the, as a private lender. If you are a private lender, you want people to know what is your lending strategy, what are you know your goals, so that people can come to you and you can attract, you know, borrowers, right? As a borrowers, you need to present deals to others, and not only from a legal point of view, like you need to know the legalities aspects of it, which we'll just we also talk about. But you need to do it also from a um, marketing point of view, right? So I added modules like marketing and design because I'm also a designer. And so I know a lot about colors and design. And so you need to know how, let's say, you want to promote yourself on Facebook. And when you are creating those posts, you need to know how to do it. You need to know what type of images to use, or the language you need to use. You need to know, you know, not only what uh, what are, you know, uh, you know, the the content that you want to uh, tell people, if it's the right content, but how are you going to present it to others? So <clears throat> there is a couple of modules in there, which is, again, a bonus modules on marketing and design because it's part of you raising also capital. So we'll be teaching about how to raise capital. Marketing is so important because, um, you know, <clears throat> this is something that I noticed with a lot of borrowers that, that they have all these amazing deals and they have the right information in there. However, they don't know how to present it. So very often they say, hey, I am not attracting anybody. I literally, you know, can't get anybody to invest in my, um, you know, deal. And that's because you don't know how to uh, promote it to others, how to present it to others. Because, you know, knowing, um, you know, all, all the legalities of it, it's one aspect, which is so important that you definitely want to do it right. However, how you 
put it out there, the message you want to send to others, it's also fundamental because now they will, you know, be attracted by you if you don't present it properly. If you do not show that authenticity, you don't don't show that niche that you're in. And so sending a clear message through, you know, building your community, building your credibility, um, it's so important. So we talk all those about all those different aspects. So you learn about prevalent, you know, you learn about how to do due diligence. Um, you learn about, you know, um, how to do market analysis. You you learn all these different values like laundry value, after repair value, um, ROI. So it's a rate of returns. Uh, you know, you learn how to calculate them. You learn all these different things that are really important when it comes to due diligence, collaterals and, uh, you know, comparables and, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, right. And then, you know, you also like we were talking about mindset before. Right. So how to maintain that mindset, the growth mindset, how to be generous, how to add value to others. Not only that, but if you because, you know, any type of investment, there is a risk part of it, right? So the higher risk in private lending is that you can lose your money. Are you ready to put yourself in that position? And are you ready to create those, you know, um, systems in place that can pr- protect you from losing? However, if you do lose your money, how are you going to take this on yourself? So again, that's when it comes to the mindset. You need to be prepared and and you know knowing the risk you're getting into, and from a you know mental point of view, you also need to be prepared as well. And so that's when it comes to the problem solving, building resilience, and and knowing you know how to do it. And then again, building your community and knowing how to do it through you know. Uh, you know, the the marketing and the design. And so those are really great aspects. And then at the end, you know, I will not leave you by yourself because when you take my course, you become part of, you know, of my own um, private network. And so I will literally, you know, there is people there, there's all my students uh, who have, you know, taken my course. It's a very solid network and we are there to help each other because this is what this is all uh, I am about, right? It's helping not only myself, but helping others. So my private network, it's about, um, you know, becoming a community where we can grow together. Um, I also bring a lot of uh, experts uh, like Lisa is going to be one of my guest speakers. And so, again, it's about, you know, you don't just finish the course and you're left alone. You're going to be part of a support system. And and I have to say that some people have joined my um, course, taken my course. They were very experienced, you know, um, investors, but they decided to take my course not because they needed the knowledge, but because, first of all, they want to learn about my systems and they wanted to learn my perspective on private lending, but also because they joined my network. They knew that I have a very solid, strong network behind me. And um, and so that was the reason, the main reason that they joined, the, you know, they took my course. So it isn't just about knowledge. Uh, it's about, um, you know, building your um <clears throat> your network as well and so it's it's kind of the whole package right and so this course it's it's to give you sort of a a comprehensive um 
you know, knowledge around, you know, not only the private lending strategy, but your mindset and, and, and how to promote yourself. So it's very complete and it's both really good for borrowers and private lenders. Amazing. And you run it a couple times a year. The next one is happening October, is it 20th, 21st, 22nd? Yes, yeah, so it's uh it's uh, on a weekend. It's a live. It's uh, October twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third from nine to five um, uh, Pacific time. So because I live in British Columbia, so and uh, if you're interested, just you know contact me at uh, smart at for you to succeed dot com. I'm sure that Lisa will have uh, you know the links there where you can uh, you know send you an email. And um, again, uh, like I said, uh, and Lisa also kind of uh, underlined that it's not about money; it's about helping each other. And what is this? This is, you know, this course is about helping you um, become successful. I already know how to do private lending. I, I don't really need to share anything if I don't even want to. But I find the, you know, the urge and the need um, because. It can literally change your your life like the way it changed mine. And so, <clears throat> again, if you don't have to take it, you can learn about um, private lending on your own. However, this can shorten, you know, <clears throat> your um, success, right? And um, so if you take the course, it's a three-day live. You get all the recordings. You get all the... Um, slides, decks, and the materials and all the templates. And you get to join the network, which is really valuable, right? And and so you keep growing after that because it's about building your knowledge. It's not about saying, hey, I took the course and now I know everything. No, that's not how it is. You started getting to know and now your course will take you to the next level. Awesome. And yes, I will have links. I'll have, I've uh, already put your email down there, the link to apply for the masterclass, um, and also your Facebook groups, your private lending Facebook group as well. So all the links are going to be down there below. So if you want to learn more, get in touch with Marinella um, and join her group and, and just share some love on her. She definitely deserves it. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. So I don't think I told you this. I think this is a surprise. So surprise. Uh, there's a couple of rapid fire questions I always like to ask at the end of an interview. So they're just quick answers and quick questions here. Uh, so first one, what is a goal that you're working on? Right now I'm working on, um, be, you know, learning more about interior design actually. Okay, cool. What's the best lesson that you've learned in the last year? The best lesson I would say is, you know, to be true to yourself more and more, mm. to be accepted for who you are. And if, if there are people who don't see you for who you are, it's probably best to move on. Oh, so good. I learned that also in the last year. Such a great and important lesson. Uh, Mariella, what is something over your lifetime that you have changed your mind about? Um, I would say it's about, um, that I've changed my mind about, okay, hold on a sec. Um, well, I was, I wanted to, this year, actually, I wanted to try to go back into doing flip, flips. And then I realized, why am I doing that? 
so I changed my mind because I don't know, for some reason I felt like, okay, you know what? I can maybe, I have more time and, um, and I can maybe start doing a little more active investing. And then I realized, well, well, that defeats the purpose of actually being a private lender and enjoying my life. And so I said, okay, no, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I love it. I think it's so important to normalize changing our minds, and because uh, we all do it, and uh, it's it's a it's a gift, right? That's part of being a being a continuous learner, being having growth mindset is changing your mind and, and being having that be okay. So thank you for sharing. Okay, I know you're Italian, so maybe you don't like this at all, um, but you do live in Canada now, so I'm sure you probably at some point had a poutine. Do you prefer to have poutine? Uh, yes. Okay. Good. 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 All right. Uh, do you prefer to have it with cheese curds or shredded cheese? Um, shredded cheese. <gasps> really? Okay. You know what? You're going to have to come downtown with me one day and I'm going to take you for some delicious curds because I am, I am hardcore team cheese curds. So if I have, okay. the, <laughs> I want the opportunity to convert you. So come downtown and we'll go have some poutine. <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. Well, to be honest with you, I don't think I ever had a really good poutine, honestly. Um, and the last time I had the poutine with the curds, um, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? So I, yeah, I, I'll take you up on that. Amazing. I'll come and visit you and we'll go out. <laughs> awesome. I feel like I just got the invitation to go change your mind, which I'm here for. I'm here for it. Awesome. Okay. What is the best money you've ever spent? It's uh, on my own education. Mm. Absolutely. I'm a really true believer that if you invest in yourself, you can achieve really high heights and um, and you never really achieve, uh, you know, like, you know, literally the sky is the limit. Mm. And that's why I like, you know, like you said, what is your goal? And my goal is to know more about interior design, not because, you know, I, you know, I was thinking actually, that's another thing I changed my mind on um, to become, you know, an interior designer offering my like interior design, which I might still do. I don't know. But because I love art. I'm an artist. I, you know, I grew up uh, in Italy and uh, <clears throat> I, my major is in fashion design. And again, you know, <clears throat> so, and when you grew up in Italy, Italy is the art core of, I would say. <laughs> and um, when you walk on the streets, that is art, right? Uh, everything around you is art. So this is one of the things that I miss the most here in Canada. I mean, Canada has a lot of beauty. British Columbia is an amazing place where I can go and see nature. And I love those walks in nature because it's like beautiful and pristine, which you don't have that in Europe because Europe, uh, it's now, you know, very ancient. <laughs> so all the, the, all the forests have disappeared. And however, there's still surely a lot of culture and, uh, and art. Art was the center of art, basically, of art. And so, you know, all this Michelangelo and, you know, you name it, right? So it's, uh, it, it's, it's incredible that you can just walk on the street and you look at these beautiful, you know, places. And so there is, that's one of the reasons why I want to go back into um you know, and do a little bit more of interior design because I miss that part. I miss the, you know, being creative, being, you know, uh, having art in my life. Mm, beautiful. Okay, last question. If you could travel anywhere 
right now in the world for food. Where would you travel to and what would you eat? Oh gosh. Um, Italian food is my, honestly, I love it. I love eating and the Italian food, it's amazing. And um, the other one that I really like, it's actually Vietnamese. Yes. Yes. So uh, good. I really, I love Vietnamese food. I find it really comforting. Uh, their soups, um, they're just so delicious. <laughs> like, and, um, and the other one that I really like is also um, the Japanese, like sushi, and honestly, I love eating. So just give me anything that it's good and I just eat it. <laughs> oh, I love, I love it. food. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And I have to say, a lot of people say Italy. Italy comes up a lot in that answer. Um, but yeah, I, Vietnam, uh, I was there about 10 or 11 years ago. And the food there is really fresh, really incredible. So good. So, all right. I'm feeling I'm hungry just in time for lunch, which is perfect. Um, Marinella, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for for being really genuine in what you do, for wanting to help people, to opening people's eyes about what private lending can do, um, and reminding us all about the, the power and the importance of having a vision, having focus, having a growth mindset, and being determined. So thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I hope that I will be able to, you know, make an impact in, you know, in some people's lives. And, um, you know, because that's what it's all about. It's be able to add value to people's lives. And uh, so I hope that through this, we'll be able to accomplish that. Thank you again for the opportunity. As I mentioned in the beginning, Marinella was a recent guest expert in the real estate networking events my husband Troy and I host. And I just knew we had to create an episode together to share this idea with more people. If you want to join in on future events, all hosted for free at this point, both virtually and in person, join our free Facebook group, Intentional Real Estate Investing with Lisa and Troy. And don't worry, the links are all in the show notes. Go check out Marinella's groups as well, and we've got the links in the show notes there for you too. And if you are interested in becoming a private lender, you can check out the application to join in on Marinella's Smart Passive Lending Masterclass. If you enjoyed this episode, Please help us take a moment and share it with a family, a member, a friend, a colleague, or someone else you think would enjoy this too. I really love creating this show and I want to help reach and support as many people as possible. And you know that a recommendation from a friend is the highest compliment and the most powerful way to share information. If you've also got an extra minute, maybe you're standing around in line or waiting somewhere, please take a moment to leave a review. You can do that on Spotify these days or also on Apple Podcasts, and it really does make a difference. It gives that social proof so that people know that this podcast is worth listening to. Remember, Thank you so much for being here and listening. Thank you for all of your beautiful and oh so important feedback. I appreciate hearing from you every day that I do. Thank you for sending me your emails and your texts and your Instagram DMs. Um, you know, keep it up. We want to hear what you like, what you want more of, um, and what you want less of. So make sure you keep that up. And remember this, my friend. While we cannot control everything that happens around us, it is so important to remember what you do control. Get yourself in the driver's seat for your best life. I see you, I support you, and I'm cheering for you every step of the way. 
Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.